0: I see that naked unicorn over there.
1: Ow, I'm so naked. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city, and this is jam hot. Welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast, hosted by Jason Soroten.
0: Welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Soroten. Today I'm here with two of my favorite Atlanta video directors, Video Rahim and Tim Doust. So, guys, What are you up to? What's the newest videos that you got out?
2: Um, I just finished up a music video for Gunpowder Gray Uh, for Saints. You can find it on YouTube.
0: And what's what's the concept behind it?
2: Basically, they're kind of a hard rock group, uh, very similar to like Alice in Chains and ACDC. So um, we kind of went for the the old 80s vampire flicks, like Lost Boys, because they very much resembled Lost Boys, and kind of picked it up from there. We worked with Shane Morton created all the effects and blood and vampire looks and uh, basically it's just a splatter fest of of you know the lead singer becoming a vampire and they probably kill at least 20 people through the video
0: and when you when you get a song when it comes in how does it start from concept to completion do you come up with the concept or is it a collaboration
2: you know every time it's different so it really depends on what where the band's at in their career a lot of bands need help with that and then some bands know exactly what they want. So you kind of, you know, you have to figure out the, you know, where it really works. I noticed that the videos that we have that are more successful seem to be the ones that we come up with concepts for. The other ones, it's more like someone's come up to a con- concept with you and then you got to like figure it out. You, you never know if they're really happy, at least when it's your concept, you know that you, you know, took it to the right place where, you know, with them, you're just kind of like, are you guys satisfied? Yeah, yeah. And that's a whole different place to be as a director.
1: And Tim, what was your last video? Royce, Rizzi, uh, No Mo, which actually is weird. Rizzy called me up at like 2 AM one morning and was like, hey, I'm in the studio. I just recorded this song. I'm about to send it to you. And I'm like, OK. He's like, I want to shoot the video tomorrow. What do you mean, you want to shoot it tomorrow? No, seriously, tomorrow. It ended up being like two days later, but we, we didn't have a treatment. We didn't have anything going on. Him, His brother and I you know, kind of just collaborated on it, went out and shot the whole thing in like two hours, and then Somehow, Jemaine Priya's manager sent the link to the the first edit to P. Diddy, and then all of a sudden it was the final edit and it was going on Revolt and I had no idea. I mean, it was just that crazy. They didn't even ask me for like a high quality version or anything. They just said, we're going to put it on Revolt tomorrow on TV. After two days, it was like three, four days, maybe. It was like over a weekend. You know, he he sent it to him on like a Saturday, and then it was up on Tuesday. Now, in a situation like that, we've all had trouble getting paid by rappers, I'm sure. So,
0: in a situation like that, where it's typically those spontaneous last minute shoots
1: are like, you know, they're usually disastrous. How'd you get paid? Um, well, his brother, you know, his brother and I just kind of have this thing, so it ended up being a free video. I mean, that's why we. Sp- and spent like two, two hours on it. I mean, it was not supposed to be a big thing. It just happened to be something that, you know, when the management saw it and they said, oh, well, we didn't spend any money on this, sends it to Puff Daddy. I don't even know how that works. Like, how do you just have the, the number in your phone to text Puff Daddy, a link to a video? But Jermaine Dupri has that, so I don't know. I mean, it ended up being a free video. I don't do a whole lot of free videos, but um, if you look at the video, there's really no production value. There's no lighting, there's no nothing. I just cr- rented a glide cam. Threw my 5D on it and basically told all these people who wanted to be in the video where to stand, and I just came up with something on the fly. There was zero prep. Didn't even have anyone with me, but Rizzy's brother and my girlfriend.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, that's it. Have you had any experiences like that? Last minute videos? No. <laughs> I don't think I would do that.
1: Really? Wow. I don't. Yeah. Am Did, I ever? I don't know.
0: I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I think if I really like the song, that's important to me. Yeah. Like, I might not, like, love the style of music, but if Mm -hmm. the production's good Mm -hmm. on it and it sounds good, then I'm more interested. But I would have to love this Mm -hmm. song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of just had this thing happen with Rizzy where I did this video for him that kind of got him, what came at the wrong time, kind of right time. Like, I kind of was involved in his whole thing where he got signed, you know, through RCA Records. So when we first started collaborating working on his goddamn video you know it wasn't meant to be that he was supposed to be signed he was an unsigned artist and I was working directly with him and then all of a sudden right after we right as we're shooting the video he you know Jermaine Dupri is you know getting him a contract so my video actually never really got released they went ahead and just skipped my video said it was the wrong image it's a great video Um, and then they reshot the remix video because I had a bunch of big names, you know, on the record, and that's what the record label put like thirty or fifty thousand dollars into. And here I shot a video that, you know, frankly was like a two thousand dollar video, and it looked great. I put a bunch of post work into it, and you know, it just next thing you know, they just threw it on the table. And I know that everyone has had that experience right. of yeah. just having something you work on, and then all of a sudden they just don't use it.
0: Oh yeah, so
1: that I- happens, paid or not.
0: Oh my, um, my best video. I shot a year and a half ago. It hasn't been, they, they aren't allowing us to release it yet. That's crazy. And and they're releasing videos that they shot on their iPhone. <laughs> so it's really, really strange. So, um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, making music videos is, is a glamorous, cool business. And we all know that it's not. It, it A lot of times it hardly pays anything. Hmm. So... <clears throat> when it comes to negotiating costs with the artist, what are your techniques
2: um, first of all it's it 's finding the right song. so we have a lot of people come to us, and you know most of the people that have money have horrible music that 's what we find The people that don 't have resources or any money usually make the best music so it's it 's basically a trying to find the right song that you feel like really fits your category. And that you know, if you have any fans, that they're gonna like as well. Um, when you cross genres a lot, I've noticed that a lot of your fans kind of get—they think you sell out if you if you jump a genre or if they don't really like that music. Where you may kind of like the song, it may not be your favorite song, but you know, it is business. You know, at the end of the day, so it's it's just really about finding the right song. And then from that point, once we find that song, we're like, can we let this video go? And so then it really becomes about you know, how much do we want to do this video? You know, we'll throw some rates out there, kind of see how they come back. Usually, um, most of our rates are really expensive that we hit them off with right away and just kind of get them to get out of the way. Um, But every once in a while, you know, if it's something that we really want to do, like Gunpowder Gray, it wasn't about doing the money. When it comes to biders, when there's certain bands, it's not always about the money. It's about trying to make it work. Um, And that's, you know.
0: You, you mentioned genre. <clears throat> to me, you have a very succinct style. It it transfers to everything. And um, Tim, a lot of yours do too. I feel like I'm all over the I'm place. I'm a chameleon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I very much in pop culture, you know, influenced, and I just attach to whatever visual style it is that fits with the band's image rather than my own. Where Raheem is like the complete opposite. He's like got a unique style that's him. You right, know? Yeah, it's totally him. Which honestly, I think. I think you you told it to me when we had a conversation a few few months ago, Raheem, like that you thought that maybe one day I would find my exact style and I'll have a distinct style. But right now, I think maybe I'm just a little too green in that you know the directing to have an exact style. I don't think I'll ever have an exact style. So you like doing the same thing, like where you kind of try to come up with the best imagery, visual, regardless of whether it's your aesthetic.
0: I listen to the song yeah. over and over and over again, and then I think of whatever comes into my head that I think is cool because music videos aren't how I make money, right? (laughs) So, for me, it's like...
1: I want to make something cool. I want
0: to make something that I think is cool and if the band likes it, they like it and they'll pay for it and if not, fuck them. (laughs) You know? I want to do something that I really like. So... I don't think I'll ever lock down on a style. I think I have some things that I like to do and some effects. I love visual effects, so I'm always going to have some sort of visual effects. But, like, you know, that's what I have, what I've admired about Raheem's videos is that there is, you know, it's a, a visual luxury video. Mm-hmm. You know it's a video Raheem video. And I don't think that with mine you get that, which is fine. Like, I'm not, that's just not who I am. But I think that's cool because there are some, um, what is it, Michelle Gondre? yeah. Uh, his videos like he has such a unique style and I think that's really cool to, to people who want to you know uh, Make music videos What would you how would you advise them if you're looking at a young director?
1: I see a lot of young directors You know, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I see a lot of young directors and I think that the, the Best piece of advice is, is it's all about, who you know, so developing relationships with the artist is first and foremost the most important thing um, The only thing that next to the artist would be, you know, video commissioners. And there's only a handful of video commissioners out there in the business. There's only a handful of directors they like working with and production companies they like working with. And if you get a chance to work with them, you better sure as hell make sure that you don't mess up Mm because one mess up and you're not going to be working with any of those video commissioners because people talk. So the biggest piece of advice I could say is it's a small world and there's a lot of people out there who are thirsty and you just have to, you know, you really have to, make sure you build the right relationships with the right people. And it always, you know, to me, begins with the artist, you know, like Raheem just said, you know, I have a lot of artists, he has a lot of artists that just come to us with wanting content, you know, whether it be music videos or viral videos, whatever you want to call it, you know, and sometimes it's just about finding the right song that we connect with and the right band we connect with. It's about finding the people who matter to put our time into. Because we don't make a whole lot of money in music videos, it's part of your, you know, your entire career catalog. You know, you don't want to do something that you regret 10 years from now, which, you know, we probably have all done music videos like that. But,
2: Definitely. you know,
1: I, it, I, it, it begins with the, the, <laughs> the, the relationships. And I think relationships end up, you know, putting you in the pathway of, 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 of doing the right kind of work.
0: AOL Music called my first music video the worst music video <laughs> ever made.
1: That's not good. <laughs> but then again, it's AOL music. Who, who right, would right. Well, was who was trust their in, opinion?
0: It was back in two thousand and two, it was my very first and it, it ended up getting, you know, it's had millions of views, wow. but but it's a horrible dance song by an artist uh called Lucas Prada. Um and it was really, really, really popular, but it the, you gotta go watch the video. It's I'm called And YouTuber. She Said, and it's 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 an awful video. It's him making out with this really hot like Playboy check. Hmm. And that's basically it. So Would you guys consider yourselves owners of music video production companies?
2: Not me. No. I'm just a director. Yeah,
1: I'm a director, and I I definitely have a company. You know, Real Mind Studios is a company, but originally when I started it, it really I wanted to do visual effects and really just post-production. But, you know, I've had deep, deep, deep ties in the music industry here in Atlanta for well over a decade, so... It's only natural that because of who you know, that's how you try to make your start. And it, it, you know, Music videos has kind of been my, my forte to have a hobby in film without having to spend a ton of money on trying to do short films because to me, short films will never get you anywhere.
0: I think short films are a waste of time. What about you, Ryan?
2: I like them um, and want to make them, but again, the, the biggest problem with them is that we find is when we do music videos, we don't have to worry about sync sound. So trying to shoot a production all day long, the biggest worry is trying to trying to get good sound. So yeah. if you take that out of the mix, you're having a lot of fun. And then again, like if they're bands that you like, you know, that you, you go to the club with, or you party with, it's not really like work. It's it's a lot of fun. So you know you have have those kind of moments.
0: Who's your dream music video? If you could do any, to shoot
2: yeah. Um, I mean, I probably want to shoot one for like Mars Volta. That would, that would be a lot of fun, or you know, somebody like Jane's Addiction, because I was a fan of theirs from a long time ago, that would mean a lot to me. Um, and Spiritualized, I mean, I could keep going on. <laughs> See, I think the thing is, is that we love music. Um, yeah. We love music and we love movies, and the two work together so well that they... Somebody's always told me that, you know, basically when you're looking at a screen, 40% of what you're seeing, you're hearing. So if you don't like the music, then there's no connection to the video. So it's 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 so important, and that's you know I think that's the biggest thing is you know you gotta love music if you want to do it.
1: What about you, Tim? I would have to say definitely Ludacris. I don't know why. I'm from Atlanta. I Really love Ludacris. If Outcast actually does another record, Outcast would be huge oh, on my yeah. list of wanting to do. Those are dreams that probably will never come true. <laughs> um, the same thing with Britney Spears. I know it's a weird one, but oh, I, I grew totally, up in that. Absolutely. I grew up in that time, and I'm totally pop influenced. So. Um, and she had some really great videos. She did. My favorite director, one of them, is Joseph Kahn. He did tons of her videos. Joseph Kahn's done a ton of movies. Slave was
0: an amazing vi- video. Y- yeah. So it was absolutely. Toxic.
1: Toxic. That was Joseph Kahn. Okay. Yeah. That amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Joseph Kahn has done a bunch of other non-Britney Spears videos as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ever since I saw his work, you know, he did this really subpar movie called Torque. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a good movie, but unless you really like movies, you're not gonna watch it. It came out in like 2000. Or something. It's a motorcycle movie. It's like Fast and the Furious on motorcycles.
0: How important? I mean, you guys have both had big success on YouTube with uh, some of your videos. So, how important is YouTube to music videos these days?
2: It's everything right now, and it's uh, it's more important now to the musicians than it is to us because we've been using it. It's been our platform for at least you know the past five, eight years. Where they just realized, and they've all read it on the internet, that YouTube is the place that more music is streamed than anywhere. So, YouTube is the most important thing for musicians now. So, now they kind of need us. But, you know, again, the business aspect is, you know, trying to figure out where, who needs, you know, who the most.
0: When you get a call from an artist, or you have something to say about YouTube? Yeah, I really
2: do, actually.
1: and I don't want to make this a Spotify comment or anything, but right. uh, I would like to say that, like, uh, I, I believe right now we're on the verge of a, a, a shift in the music industry, especially, you know, when it comes to money and making money in the industry. You know, the music industry itself has been dramatically changing over the past decade. So, uh, you know, I try to keep up on the newest and the newest ways that people are marketing, the newest ways people are trying to get into the industry, and I believe that, you know, the, they're trying to really push professional artists who are trying to make money to Vivo, um, rather than YouTube. And that's so that they they can have you know, the regular can have their thumb on it to make sure that they're making money per view with ads and YouTube is hit or miss because yes, you have ad revenue, but we're talking about totally different type of revenue than what you would get through vivo. And I believe that YouTube has has its place and it's made it's it's great, great place for, you know, us to distribute digital content whether it be podcasts music videos it doesn't matter youtube is a great great avenue but when you're trying to make money in music videos i think vivo is the next step to for everyone to finally shift over to it's been slowly slowly building building and it's a huge company it's you know it's conglomerates to own it but it's it's taken a while for people to believe that like that's the new MTV or that's the new thing because the music industry is changing is changing so fast that you know, people are kind of confused at what is the platform. So YouTube is, in general, the place I would say you'd go. But uh, I think that for people who want to make money on music videos, music okay. videos being the key to make money on, it's Vivo. That's how you make money. And if you do, you know, deals with artists where you can split and do profit sharing, that's how us as directors can make money on music videos, especially music videos that we don't make money on.
0: Right. I, I've never even thought of Vivo as an option.
1: So I always think of
2: Vivo as YouTube.
1: Yeah, I do too. So well, Vivo is a company, um, so there's a, there's different ways to distribute through that. You know, the easiest way is through this company called DMDS. It's uh, based in Canada. Go to the website, you log on, you pay a fee, either the label or the director or the artist can do it directly, and it's self-distribution. So just like TuneCore or any other audio distribution, which they offer that too, they offer video distribution. They also offer, um, and of course I'm not... Not affiliated with them in any way, but they offer like uh, uh, the ability to be able to pay to put your video and submit it to you know CMT, MTV2, MTV Jams. You know you can pay to put your video or your audio on you know web, you know on, on, on different distribution methods besides radio. But you can they have markets you can pay you know fifteen dollars or something per market, yeah. and you can get it put on radio, or you can get it put on uh, Sirius satellite radio stuff like that. I
0: send my artists to Rive.
1: Rive, right. see, I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. totally different. What well, is that? The same sort of thing as yeah. distribution?
0: Yeah, they do. They get it to MTV. They get it to all those places. They get it into the, the shopping. Um, yes, yes, shopping, that's where you make money. That's right. where you make money. Yeah, I think it's called. I'm. Um, I'm just looking it up right now. Rive video promotion, but. Um, yeah, yeah, video promotion company RiveVideo com, um, and you know it's like two thousand bucks, but mm-hmm. they
1: get it everywhere. Well, the thing is, is all these places want content. They don't right. want to be playing the same content for ten months. You know, they want to be just the same as everyone else, up on the newest, hippest thing. So they want content <laughs> constantly. They're starving for content. So yes, you have to pay for it, but you're paying for like a giant you know office of people to work to yeah. get your stuff out there. So I think it's money well spent and for directors like us who barely scrape by making money and profit, we're saying profit off of these budgets on these music videos. I think it's important because we can actually have a, a way to make residual income on a music video just like a film, you know. We can make residual off of yeah. distribution on a film and I think music videos deserve that too.
0: If somebody's if somebody's watching a video 80 million times, you should get something out of it, right? Hope. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be the person to point fingers, but, uh, you know, oh please point. the, the biggest facade is YouTube, you know, F- view pumping. Yeah. What, I mean, the fact that you can go and buy views for pennies on a on on a view means that you can have a million views and be famous. Anyone can be famous, but what is exactly famous? You right. know, that's the question. The question that I. I I ask all these new directors is, do you want the oh. fame or do you want the money? Because there's two different things you're dealing with. I want and the money. The money is probably more important to have a successful life. That's for sure. You know,
0: money is freedom.
1: Freedom. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's,
0: and that's why I do music videos because mm-hmm. it's the ultimate it is freedom.
1: freedom. Yeah. Yeah. As a I can filmmaker. do whatever
0: I want. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I don't, I, I don't know if I've seen your whole catalog, but I think Rahim and I have a lot more nudity in our videos, which I think also helps and hurts
1: um, absolutely i love the nudity right
0: <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's great
1: i love the please please cocaine video yeah this is one of yeah, my favorite yeah. i mean yeah, i love the band awesome. obviously um, but man he did an excellent job in that video i've watched it probably well, a million times <laughs> i love it
0: yeah so rahim when, when it comes to making the decision to use nudity how wh- how do you make that call yourself?
2: Basically, um, I've, been, you know, I've been working around music for such a long time. So I remember when we used to have to actually send stuff to MTV, and they would send it back. And you would go through maybe 30 times of, you know, you can't say this, you can't do this. And it really just, it just sucked. It, again, you know, here you're making music videos. You're not able to be free and do what you want. So once MTV kind of moved out of that platform and YouTube was up and you could get a little bit more risque on YouTube – and again, you're competing with so many videos, um, and you know the edgier you can make them, the more people remember them. So yep. that was kind of where we started mm-hmm. to realize that they really started to add a lot more extra views.
0: Oh, absolutely! Especially on Vimeo, there is a whole segment of Vimeo perverts. Oh
2: yes. yeah, I can tell you.
1: My my, um, if you go on my Vimeo account and look at like who you know, what what videos have the most views, it's all the ones that have any kind of nudity. Right. Period. Okay. I have one video. It's not even. It's only a girl putting on a shirt, and. That one video has surpassed most of every video on my Vimeo, and it's like a minute-long promo video. It's not even a music video. Oh, yeah. When, so, they,
0: when those nudity videos come out, it's like, 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 yeah. like, like, added to this thing, added to that. 13-year-old
1: boy is like, oh. <laughs> That's who I'm going after. Hey, target market. Absolutely. But I, honestly, I, I have something to add to that, which is that everyone needs a gimmick. You know, I'm not saying that nudity is a gimmick, but... You have to have a reason for people to want to watch videos these days. Like, for instance, everyone can experience, everyone has experienced an OK Go video. Their latest video is incredible. Oh, yeah, the and, umbrella one. Yeah, and yeah. it's at the end of the day, it's a gimmick. It's a complex, crazy, expensive gimmick, but it's a gimmick to get you to click. Yeah. And, and the you know, if the simplest gimmick is a screenshot, we've all fallen victim to that. You know, the next biggest gimmick is the whole entire creative content. And then, you know, with... with with like the okay go videos i know that every time i click on one of those videos it's going to be an experience that i'm going to remember you know that that's the point right. behind having gimmicks in the first place so i don't i don't want to say nudity's a gimmick at all because you know, especially when you use it the right way. I I love I love the body painting stuff. That's yeah. awesome. I've never been able to do that in one of my videos. That's something I've wanted to do. Yeah, I
0: don't sure. think I'll do it again because now I feel like I've done it twice and it feels a little played.
1: But I
2: you did it before, right, Raheem? Yeah, we've done it on a few videos. Does um, it take a
1: long time? I've yes. never. Oh hell yeah! I mean, do you have to have like three hours prep just for that before you even? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, wow. And yeah. sometimes you find yourself actually painting the model, too, just, so to, just to hurry up and get on with the show. My
0: first one was Vitaly K's Universe, and mm. I was really worried about her breasts um, bouncing too much and hurting her and being one? uncomfortable. No. And then I, so I, the, the artist, was the body painter, Stephanie Anderson, was painting the, um, the, the model, and I was like, you know, do we need to put any plastic things to hold her <laughs> boobs up? And she goes... No, open this. And she's like, you don't need anything because this girl's boobs were so perfect. It was just, but that was like a big concern for me is like how floppy her boobs were going to be. But it turned out it wasn't. And that we on our last video, we had them out here. They were painting them for like four hours. Huh. And it wow. took forever.
1: I mean, that seems like that's a, that, that, you know, you'd have to prep that. You know, you asked earlier about how we, you know, come up with concepts or something. And, yeah. you know, with, with, with. With me, I always come up with concepts directly in correlation with the budget because we make so little money. Like if I know someone has, you know, X amount of dollars to spend, I'm gonna try to make the most out of that dollar amount. And so that, to me, has been one of the reasons I've never done body painting. Is not because of the money that you pay the artist; it's the time that it takes. So it's a, um, it's
0: the time and the cost for the body painting. yes yeah, Oh
1: yeah, but but the time to me is is a huge part because. That's I mean that's half of a day of shooting. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and we, you're
1: shooting other stuff while they're just getting ready, and you hope that it's ready when you get back. I
0: mean, I mean, do you guys have a? I have a method. So when a when a lead comes in, I say I, I have a form letter that I send back, and I say it says, "I'd like to listen to the song. If I like it and connect with it, I'll get back to you." It's a form letter. What is your budget? Yeah, man, I want to see that. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. It says what is, what is your budget? The budget will. Be the difference between you know what we can do for that budget, and yeah. then um, you know, do you have a concept in mind, or can we create one? I would be, prefer to be the creator of the content. Oh wow! Yeah,
1: and it's it, it, like the best one paragraph that any director yeah. can say to a client, <laughs> right? And, and it, you've summed it up,
0: yeah, and <laughs> it, it it works really well, and it gets rid of a lot because I get so I, I've had this whole campaign where I wanted to be number one in making getting music video leads from the internet. Hmm. So now I'm number two in the world under Wikipedia for music video cost. <laughs> right? So if you go anywhere in the world and you type SEO. music video cost... Yeah, I SEO'd the shit out of it. Yeah. And so... <clears throat> But we get so many calls now, and most of the people are just,
1: you know. Clueless.
0: Cl- clueless, and, and just their songs are awful. Or, yeah. And there was one song that came in that was so awful that I wanted to do it because I was like, oh, this will be really fun. Rebecca Black. It was, it was an exactly like a Rebecca Black scenario, and I was like, oh, this will be really fun. And I was like, as long as I can make some money on it and have some fun with it and make it so weird that people get it, you know, I would do it. Um, so when it comes to promoting your own music videos, what are you guys currently doing to promote it? I hardly do any of my own promotion. I usually go so hardcore on the videos, we end up putting so much extra time and effort into it. So what are you guys doing to promote it? How much promotion do you do? How much do you rely on the
1: artist? If you relied on the artist, you wouldn't get anywhere most of the time. I mean, I, there are a few artists, like you know Royce Rizzi, I have to say. it's one of the few artists I've ever met who has the determination to make it whether someone helps them or not. Most artists expect someone to help them because they deserve it or they're entitled because they make music. And unfortunately, it's, it, you know you have to push it as hard as, hard as you're going to
2: push it is as far as it's going to take it. And unfortunately, with promoting, it's a lot about money. The business level is already hard for us to figure out how to make it work when it comes to money, but it's even harder for the artists that have no idea what we do, how long it takes. Some of these people think I edit a video in a day.
0: We're talking today about why music videos don't cost $500. It's an article I wrote a while ago that has, I think, Almost 800,000 page
2: views at this time. Wow. So there's no real understanding. So before this, the only way I can really compare it to is what it must have been like before they wrote the Bible. Like God <laughs> still existed, and they still, they still had all these stories, but finally somebody put it all in one book and said, hey, look, this is what a DP costs. You know, it may take more than three days or two days or half a day to edit your video. Normally, it takes this long. So, so finally, there's some real... Some real, real situ- or some real things that you're saying in there that that are really important. That I think opens people's minds up, and it's on the internet, so you know it's real. It's not <laughs> something we've created, and it's from another director. Yeah. And it, there's so much in there information that I think is knowledgeable for them. And then the other thing about it is, I think that once they start to see the real prices in the industry, they look at what we're trying to charge them, and they're like, "Whoa, this is a deal!" Right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. I want to stay with these people. So you know, I think I think it helps in so many ways, but. It does open people's eyes. So
0: well, I'm so glad that it's actually helpful because I personally
1: don't send it to anybody. What, what did you write it for? Like, what made you come up with that? Like, people need to know this. Like, what? how did you find out it is an epidemic? Because it really well, is. It like, was because I was getting
0: calls so many times. I and I, I was like, you're I'm frustrated a, like we were. I was frustrated, yeah. and I was like, I was like, I'm tired of answering these questions. You know what's so funny now is like, I feel like a dick if I send it to somebody because I got some poor kid I who wants to be a hip hop.
1: <laughs> by sending it to
0: people. Right? So I'm not a very good troller. I'm like super emotional. So I like don't send it to people. But I'm, I'm like super psyched. And I get emails from people all the time from all over the world saying that they used it. Like yeah. People in Spain, people in London being like, I, I used your, your, your blog today. And I'm like, that's crazy to me. Because it, it, for me, it was just emotional. I was just venting.
1: It, but it's vented in a very professional way that takes it out of us having to say it to the client most of the time people because of relationships again it goes back to relationships people take things personally you know it's just business at the end of the day though you know we have to have money. To create this because we need this many people and it's going to take this much time. It's a math qu- equation. And really, some people aren't good at math. And yeah. math is, is as simple as this plus this equals this.
0: And to give credit where credit is due, Jason Marasini, my partner, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he rewrites all of my articles. So I vomited <laughs> out into a mess and he makes it make a lot more sense and probably made me sound less like a dick because I believe I was pretty fucking pissed off. I mean, off.
1: It, it comes from the, from the place of being a dick because you have to be that way with people who just are trying to take advantage of you, even if it's on their side, not purposefully. You know? I, if someone's taking advantage of you, it's your right and your responsibility at the end of the day to, to not let them, you know, and I think that that article really helps. It really yeah. does.
0: That's awesome. Well I hope it gets shared a lot more and I appreciate you guys sharing. It, it means a lot to me. And you know I mean, if,
2: you should write a book.
0: Yeah. I'm writing one called uh, right now it's going to take me forever, but um That's what it's how called. Ma- how to make an independent film and why you shouldn't.
1: Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. that I mean that goes along with why short films are kind of, you know, where you know, unless you're trying to just make get, a calling yeah. card. Yeah, I mean it's but the, the same thing can be said with just making a feature. Just go out and make your first feature, especially now the DSLRs are out. If you really want to make a feature and you have a good story and you can tell it, do it. It. I wanted to ask this in our previous podcast, but what cameras are you guys
0: using? What is your camera of choice for music videos right now?
1: Because of the budget, but I love the RED personally. Uh, I've never shot on the Alexa, but the RED is just my favorite camera to use. Um, I'm about to try to start tinkering with the GH4, but my camera to go to when the budget doesn't have the money is my 5D Mark III.
2: That's a great camera. What about you, Rahim? I'm using the uh, Panasonic AF100. Okay. So, I mean, none of, our, none of our music videos are usually hitting broadcast, mm-hmm. maybe one or two in the past three years. So, I mean, almost everything's on the internet, so we just, you know, we've got the AF100, so we just continue to shoot with those. You know, I have to be honest, a lot of these, the, the people who come to, to
1: get videos from, from me, they, they insist to shoot RED. Yeah, it's it's almost like part of the budget from the onset before we even talk about any other thing. They're like, we're going to shoot this on red, right? And, like, they don't really have any understanding of what that means to the post. They don't have any idea of what that means to anything other than it's a name. Money. Yeah, it just means money. But, you know, rarely, rarely do they even want to spend the money on on the camera and the lenses because this is what I found. It's more than the camera. Once you get a real film camera involved, you normally need a team of people to run that camera, not just a right. person, and that's where the big difference is. Is like, soon as you take that camera to being a, a more than four or five cars value, you know, you have to have a pretty good amount of team of people to be responsible for that, and to, to especially on rap videos, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it takes it a whole nother level. You know, film cameras are not easy to lug around, and I see so many people out here with with reds, and they just have a Canon lens on it, and there's no. Any accessory, right. but the red, and it's like, do you guys really know what kind of tool you're using? Because you're using a Porsche, but you're only really using the hood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know?
0: I, I think that you know, when people want to use the red, they don't think about all of the other things that go along with the, the post, accessories, yeah. the magazines, the, magazine, the bat you know, box. Yeah, everything that you really need. For me, the reason I like to shoot with the red, and we shot with the dragon this weekend, was is overcrank. Uh-huh, you know. Uh huh. You know, uh, especially in a hip hop really song, well. you gotta yeah. have mm-hmm. you know overcrank footage. Um, and you know what I'm hoping to do soon is try the FS7 out.
1: Mm, yeah, um, yeah, I've shot on that. Oh, um, we, we, have we shot it. that with uh, one of my friends, Houston Tronas? We did a video together called uh, "I'll Be Fine" with Mike Fresh. Yeah, and uh, we shot on that camera as a B cam. How was and it? To be honest, it was it was it, the slow mod- Slow motion looked great. Um, I didn't think that it was. You know, it matched well with the other camera we shot with, but I've used Sony cameras for years, and I love them. So, I mean, it's it's just a great camera. I I believe that, uh, you know, Raheem mentioned it earlier, the distribution in which you're putting these videos out should have direct correlation with what you're shooting. I know feature films, you know, that still get shot, and they just master them at 2K, which is just over 1080p. Most people have no clue why they need 4K. Other than it's hip. And really, as a filmmaker, I should be the one saying, oh, I want to do this because it's hip and I want to do it because I right. want to have gratification of working with this format and medium. And really, the artist should have nothing to do with the camera. That, that's
0: I, I like shooting bigger resolution because I can do cropping, cropping yeah, and all that that's stuff. That's the best you thing, know? Yeah. If you're doing a steady cam mm-hmm. shot at 6K, mm-hmm. you can basically get cropping. rid of every yeah, single bump.
1: Yep, yep. yep. It's really awesome. Yep. So 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 thankful for. Uh, the, I'm assuming you're using Premiere now. Oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so so thankful for the warp stabilization. Yeah. Uh, that, that that changed people's lives right there.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: but you, I, one thing that came up with me a couple weeks ago with with someone was that you guys shoot with Black Magic's, right? Yeah. 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 How are you guys liking that? Because I I've stayed away from them because of the post workflow.
0: I mean, I I'm I rarely do any editing nowadays. But um, it's been great. I mean, it's a great camera for the price, and you know, it's it's worked out really well for in studio stuff. It's not great in low light, but it's a good camera, and I we haven't really had any post production problems. Hmm. Interesting. And it's been
1: pretty good. We might have to rent that from you we've guys shot and shoot some something di- with it. <laughs> you know what? You can borrow it. Hmm. I've never shot with one. It's just because I've read uh-huh. you know people posting about how painful the you know the, the cinema dng processes and with my experience with you know I, I use i'm a very nerdy person so i use the hacked um magic lantern software on magic right, right. Lan- you yep. know on the on the 5d so i've shot raw on that now and it works great yeah it looks amazing but the workflow is oh, yeah. the worst yeah it we shot so slow
0: and we, we we switched from shooting 5d raw on, on lower budget stuff to the Cinema 4K camera. Mm. And, and since they did the firmware upgrade, it's been really great. They got rid of, there was this big problem where if you shot the it at a light, yeah. you would get this like this, big glowing yeah. uh, red ball. I didn't even background. know they fixed that. Yeah. Um, it was... Whoosh. Yeah, it was fixed. But anytime you want to borrow it, please do.
1: Yeah, I will. I will uh, try to make that happen. I've, I'm so interested to see how the crop sensor works, and, you know, as well. Yeah, it's
0: know. it's a great it's a great little camera for the money for for three grand.
1: Yeah, please. Yeah, really? exactly. Well, the GH four. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm about to put my hands on one of those, and that's supposed to be getting really good reviews. I, mean, I haven't
0: touched that one yet. It's
1: you know again, it's all about what you're trying to do, and it's just a little small. You know, small, small micro camera, but I just can envision going around New York City and shooting with an artist and being able to get some cool, cool shots because it's all indie. Nobody will yeah, know. No yeah, no one will ever know that I'm doing a music video.
0: <laughs> you know what's interesting? That I the first thing I thought when I saw the Royce Rizzy video what's that? was like, this guy has a lot of confidence
1: to yeah. have his shirt off. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah.
0: he is so confident he doesn't give
1: up. he doesn't care. He Which is so care. awesome. It's awesome. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's young and he's a great guy and he just wants to make it. And he'll make it. You no, know, he's gonna make I mean he's already signed and Jermaine is the manager, so pff, he, as far as I'm concerned, the he made limit. it. Yeah. As far as and I'm and he's concerned. a nice dude. He's a nice dude, and that's the thing. Like I work with a lot of people and some people are nicer than others. And at the end of the day, you know, just because you make a good song doesn't mean that you, you know, deserve our time as directors to to put our life, you know, into trying to make you sellable. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe we just want to make content that we like and whether we care whether it does anything for you or not. Now, that directly correlates with how well you can market a video. Right. So, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but if the song sucks and the video Mm -hmm. sucks, it's not going to go anywhere. No one's going to actually connect to it. No one's going to like it. So
0: what do you do? The video's done, what's the first thing you do?
1: Well... I normally started that method. Actually, that email you were talking about. Yeah. Normally, my first one of the first con you know contacts with a client. I'm asking them where their distribution method is. You know uh-huh. where their where their target distribution is. Because to me nowadays, especially, I don't want to waste my time. If someone doesn't already have a plan when they're spending money with me, it normally means the video is not going to go anywhere. And I've learned that. So very early on, I I decide. Okay, well, if I know this video is only going to YouTube and I'm never going to make money on it, then, you know, I definitely want to put as little time while making it as best as possible. But while time managing, how much time I waste at it. Because, man, I can noodle for six months on a video if you ask me to, and I will make it amazing. (laughs)
0: But, about, so, but but what do you what is the steps to promote it? Mm, or do you leave are you leaving that to the artist?
1: It depends if they're signed or if they have management. I mean sometimes the artist management know less than the artist and I think that's dangerous too. You know, it's about knowledge and how much how much Experience you have in this industry. I was lucky and I had some friends who were signed to Island Def Jam when I was very young and I was able to see kind of how the record label treated them and I, I, I kind of got really interested to, into the business side well before, you know, directing music videos. So the music business as a as business is business and how, how you distribute your music video Directly is in correlation with how much money you're spending and how much money you're going to make. So YouTube, at its at its at its you know, <laughs> at its surface, is just a distribution method for free, you know, so that you can get your content out there. And I think that that's a huge part of it, just having you know people be able to see content and you know flooding the market with you know brand. But you know, as far as my steps, I mean, I- I'll tell you, i I'll try to be a little bit transparent here. Um, you know, we already talked about DMDs. Yeah. You mentioned another service, what was it called? Rive. Yeah. How
0: much does DMDs charge?
1: It's different. It's different for each each you know, each market and what you're doing with the content and it's different between a video and just a song or you can package the video and the song. I mean, they have all sorts of different ways to do it, but it's a couple thousand dollars for right, the right. basic package. And you know, then you have all these people who are really shady in the gray area of the business. And I'm going to call it the gray area because it's it's there right you know they're they're there they're just like paying a dj to get your song on the radio but you can pay and you can get it right on tv the next day bam you're on mtv jams the next day directed by whatever take a screenshot put it online now you're famous because you're on tv right it's all because he's paid 2500 dollars to get it on tv you know really is that worth it at the end of the day to get it on tv one or three times you know if no one knows it's going to be there did you just waste your money to put it on TV for the self-gratification of being on TV? Yes, that's most of the time what it is. So if you ask me, the, there's no correct way to do it or wrong way to do it other than not planning it is the wrong way and planning it with a budget is the right way.
0: Other than having breasts in your video, <laughs> what, what do you think about uh, video promotion, writing?
2: Um, you know, that's something that's real serious to us. But what I've noticed is, uh, again, genres play a big part of that. Um, The hip-hop genre seems to have a life of its own Mm -hmm. where if you make a hip-hop video you might just all of a sudden appear on five to ten blogs Mm -hmm. which is totally different than rock and a lot of the other genres especially pop um with rock uh we work with a lot of rock people that already have a fan base so their fan base you know might be thirty thousand, and you know there's a lot of magazines that are really into them um talking about the biters for instance and uh you know like green day has called them out as being one of their favorite bands. So there's a lot of people looking at them for, you know, as the new face of rock and roll, but, you know, they're not, they're still underground. So we get a lot of, you know, a lot of PR people reaching out to us to put anything with them. Um, we use Latest Disgrace, which is an Atlanta blog mm-hmm. that got voted by Creative Loafing as best blog. They're pretty down with, you know, putting out whatever we want to show. Um, Creative Loafing's been a big help, but really it's, it's getting the PR firms, but it's, uh, like you said, it's gray. You know, I've seen people spend two grand and get 200 views. Yeah. And then I've seen people spend two grand and get, you know, a million views. So it really depends on, you know, who you know. If you're trying to if you're trying to launch a, launch a singer in the pop world, you better have a lot of money.
1: A lot of money.
2: Because you're going up against so many people that want to be there that have a lot of money. So, you know, again, it's different. In the rock world, you've got to really be, you know, on the cusp of what you're doing. You've got to really be able to, to, to play shows and... And have a reach out there. So, you know, again, it's it's genre-specific. It's band-specific. Genre band um, the last music video we did, we just got in Delirium magazine, which is like a horror sci-fi magazine. Um, I think Fangoria might actually do a story on it as well. So it's looking for little, little niches as well, you know, that you can get into that would, you know, appreciate your music.
1: I think this kind of also has to do with how long you have, you know, on the turnaround for videos, too, because, you know, most videos, in my experience, are... From concept to, to delivery is about two months, yeah. That's um, on I'm average, doing. yeah. And 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 I think artists that expect it to be done any quicker than that are just so unprofessional that they don't understand that you know there's more than just making the video. You know, you have to have the video, and then there's the distribution, and the distribution is really the biggest part of it. And so while we are noodling in our layers, you know, getting our videos, you know, great, the artists mm-hmm. or the management or the labels need to be, you know, most of the time we're not dealing with labels, they need to be. On the distribution part of it, trying to plan it and trying to figure it out, because really, it's when you have a release date, just like a film, you have a bunch of anticipation that you build up to the release date, which I love. You know, you always do that. You know, with your video releases, Raheem. You know, there's a big anticipation build up, so that people know it's coming out. Because if you know, in this day and age, unless someone knows it's coming out, they tend to watch it a week or two after it comes out, on the tail end of it. You know, it's 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 height of success, you'd say. So the lifetime of videos and, and and distributing them all all have to do with how how you're planning it.
0: It's so funny that you mentioned that cuz I'm always talking to people I'm saying they they want to sit around and hold it and come up with some big plan. I'm just like just release it. <laughs> right? They because they never come up with a plan that actually works. So they're yeah, just yeah. sitting on it. Just release it. And it sounds like what you're saying is is that it might be better Sounds like like a real
1: plan. Sounds like you found the chicken, or you found the egg before the chicken, (laughs) because you can't. You know, how is that possible for you to pay a production company to do a video and you have no idea what you're going to do with it? Like you are obviously way ahead of what you're. You know, you're you're way ahead of yourself. You know, you really need to figure out what you're going to do with the video. This is a business, and unless you're just doing it for fun. There's got to be some sort of rhyme or reason to it. And I think that as far as what I do to release videos, I mean, it really goes by the people because sometimes they are so clueless that I have to have a huge part in releasing the video. Sometimes they say they can handle it and you give it to them and it does nothing. And then sometimes you hand it it to them and they do something great with it. So it really all depends on how much money they're spending and what they're trying to do with it
2: in general.
0: And so Raheem, do you have a ramp-up plan for most of your videos?
2: It really depends on the band Okay. if I feel like they need help or if they, you know, if they've got something, like we worked with the Constellations and, you know, their label did everything. They, you know, of course they wanted the video edited in three weeks, which, you know, we <laughs> stayed up every night. There was intense effects for that one. Got it done and then it sat for a month as the label waited for Vivo to decide that they would premiere it and then to get the Vivo premiere, then they made their own trailer for it, which was cool. So we didn't really have to do anything. Um... The video did get pulled off YouTube for being, you know, explicit, but stayed on vivo, and that's where we learned that basically YouTube controls vivo's view count because our video never grew again after it got pulled off YouTube. No kidding. Yeah. So it's, all of them are, are really different, you know, as far as, as, as what happens. But what I find mostly is that when the PR companies want to show the magazines the videos, you know, to, to post on their blogs or the blog services. They have to have a complete finished video. Mm -hmm. So by the time you finally complete and finish the video, then they usually want to sit on it for a month before they can find the right person to debut it. So that's that's the part that we really hate is it's such a rush, rush, get it done, get it done, and then you just sit on it. And if you do try to put it out earlier or show somebody an earlier cut, a lot of the times they're just... It's just not as impressive as. I never show
0: anybody an early cut. Bad news bears. Yeah, never.
1: I
2: I consider the first
1: cut that I show them like really like the tenth edit. Right. Yeah. Most people don't know that, but I've already been through my turmoil. (laughs) Yeah, and there's no way I'm showing anybody a rough. That's that's the funny thing about that Rizzy video. Like I told you, I spent you know two hours shooting it, probably about two hours editing it. Most of it was one you know long single takes, but you know, selecting the shots, quickly throwing it in a timeline. I didn't even do any kind of color correction, but basic, real basic color correction. And I sent it to him having no idea that it was going to be seen by Puff Daddy. You know, right. like, I, I mean, now that's the second time I know that one of my videos has been seen by him. And I just, it's, it's so weird to, to know that he saw something that, to me, is so not what I would show people. Right, you know, right. normally I, I'm so self-conscious of my work and I hold on to it until I feel very proud of it. You know, I don't... So,
0: so do you both you, are you the d p as well on your videos and the lead editor not me no okay
2: i am you are yeah. so
0: you you direct shoot and edit
2: yeah
1: which man cheers to you reem i can't i can't even i do it sometimes like you know sometimes i do d p but yeah um I like working with dps I'm come from a from a passion in film, so to you know meaning not no, not saying that you don't, but i'm saying that i come from the the workings of a unit in a in a in a and having a hierarchy of 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 people who can make a script turn into exactly what you envision it and it all takes a team of people. Yeah. So to me, a DP is really the essential part of a look, um, which also goes back to something we talked about early on, which is the style. And so part of the reason why my style is all over the place is because I work with other DPs as well as sometimes I DP myself. And I think that. It's always good to be able to DP for yourself. I mean, especially on, on on budgets that you can't even hire a crew. Yeah. But you know, I think that bringing a DP on and allowing you to be able to as a director really just focus on the performance of the person, as well as like all of the other, you know, especially if it's a narrative, like all the other stuff as a filmmaker. It really, really helps you just like a film not have to worry about whether or not it's going to look great. And hiring a really good DP that you communicate well with and get along with. I think is the most key part to using a DP, you know, as a director. It just really it has to be someone you really connect with. And, yeah. and, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like the same things. You know, like bandmates all the time have different influences of the music. But it means that you need to have a, a, a very clear direction that you like working the same way together.
0: I've been working with on, I think, in the last three, I've had three guys that are all individual DPs. Chance and Wyatt, have you worked with him? I, I use Chance, Trey Gregory, and Brandon Peterson. So Trey's a partner here, and yep. Brandon's our D, one of our in-house DPs. Mm-hmm. And um, when they all collaborate and they're all adding to it, I just love it. I just really, really like it because everybody's bringing kind of something special
1: to the table. Raheem, you've worked with other DPs, I know, because you've worked with Matthew.
2: Yeah, I work with other DPs. It's just our budgets aren't big enough. I mean, not only my filming or DP, I'm also gaffing, gripping. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing everything. DIT. It's, it's Ashley, who's my executive producer. And she's ADing, con- coordinating, you know. So a lot of times it might just be two of us. We do work with another cameraman named John Manfredi, who's young. Um, and he's more of a, you know, a second unit camera. But, uh, you know, one of the, we worked with a big DP and uh, he didn't touch the camera. all day long so uh, you know so it was kind of then that I just it just became real apparent that like all right, you just need to get in there and and do what you need to do because you just never you never can trust somebody else's style that you know I do want to work with other DPs but it's finding a DP that I can A. afford B. you know that can understand what kind of style I'm looking for um, and and truly like the biggest thing is I come from more of an art background where I started art school in like the 8th grade I went to art school in Atlanta so um, you know i've always kind of been like you know in an art school if you're a painter you 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 pick your drawing you figure out what your subject matter is you take your you buy your canvas you stretch it you draw it you paint it and then you you know you, you hang it up in a gallery or somewhere so to me to have somebody do one of those you know six steps at some point is kind of ridiculous when <laughs> you know when, when you know if we were making a movie Right, and right. not a documentary, yeah. I definitely need a DP. Right. But when we're shooting music videos and people are lip syncing and we're pushing play <laughs> and we're having fun and guys are drinking beers, you know, if it comes to a point, you know, it, it, there is a lot to do. And so when we do work, I mean, it's exhausting. You know, we're working 12, 14-hour days. Yeah. The next day we're just, you know, don't want to move, don't want to do anything. But, you know, at the same time, it to keep a small crew and keep it fun for the musicians, and that's the other thing about it I think a lot of people don't understand is we come from these film worlds that, where you make movies, and it's not really a whole lot of fun when you're on a set, it's and there's horrible. a whole lot of people, and there's Making there's a lot of yelling and, and all that stuff. So so bands really enjoy the difference of when they go to a studio and it's you know right. it's total production. They're just they're not they're not relaxed. You yeah. gotta you gotta put them in their element sometimes. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times it it helps to be able to switch it up because they are artists.
0: Yeah, if you want to burn out quick in this business you work on a couple movies in a row <laughs> yeah. and you'll burn out quick indie films you know if you're working yeah. on a big budget one and you've got really nice catering it's different but so let's wrap it up with one last thing so let's talk real quick about uh, oh, can i mention yes, one yeah, thing yeah, yeah,
1: on the please. on the dps yeah. Yeah. just scalability you know i think just as much as we have to be flexible as directors like you know with with budgets and with, with how we do things like finding a really good dp to work on music videos is the same thing like he was saying most music video dps like people who will DP a music video, they want half of the budget of the video. And I think that if they could be as scalable as we are as directors, a lot more DPs would would work with us. But the, the thing is, they're just not. Most people are not. They want their price, and this is what they do for a living. So, you know, unfortunately, that passion only goes so far. And with directing, I think it requires a ton of passion.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're making a ton of sacrifices constantly. Yeah. So I want to talk about music video production in Atlanta specifically because I feel like this environment is so different from other places that I've worked yep. um, what makes Atlanta a challenging place to create music videos or a great place what is your opinion well are you asking me first I'm asking whoever um, wants to answer first.
1: do you want to answer first
2: I would say the genres because you know Atlanta's is, has changed so much in the past 10 years before it was always um, corporate. Entertainment or it was African American entertainment, which is where almost all the music videos that come out of Atlanta flow from. So they do have budgets. So but when you're talking about the more eclectic bands like Deer Hunter or Black Lip's and that rock genre, there's not budgets. There's little budgets. So it's it's so different as far as again, genres speak speak really mm-hmm. loud as far as, you know, how you're making these videos and what kind of budgets they're getting.
0: And so you're you're saying that in Atlanta there's just there is a big like class warfare almost but with with
1: towards hip-hop
0: genre <laughs>
1: let's yeah. just say it it's towards hip-hop rap i mean yeah it's 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 the minority of of what music videos are in the land i mean i i would say i get eight rap songs to every two rock songs I right get. oh absolutely you know, it's, it's and what's your preference is. I mean, I come, I come from Atlanta, man. I come from outcasts just being growing up. I mean, I love rap, so I yeah. mean, you know, I can't really say that I have any preference. I love music. Right, music is my preference, and good music. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and some music that I listen to, maybe people don't like, me. I like, you know, all sorts of types of music. But going back to your question about Atlanta, I think one of the biggest challenging things in Atlanta is there's a lot of competition and and. I don't mean that as just as an Atlanta director competition. I also mean that there's a lot of competition within just artists. You know, like you said, the genres, like, there's, you can find artists of every genre here. You know, there's even, like, composers you can find to do music videos for here. It's just that the only real market here in Atlanta is rap and hip-hop. So, you know, again, that's a small community. You just have to have the right connections to even get into those videos. So, really, you have to choose whether you want to make videos that you really are, want to make or whether you want to make videos that you're making just because you're trying to get into the industry you know i think that's really what it is in atlanta you know it's a challenging process to decide what to work on you know do you want to work on rap videos well that's something you have to decide right you know i know a lot of people who don't work on rap videos i would say crew guys you know people who do video shoots for us and crew guys Some of them just won't work on rap videos. That's just their rule. It doesn't even matter if you feed them well. Like they just won't work at all. They won't step onto them again. You know, I know directors the same way who, oh, I'm done with rap videos. No way. You can't get me on one of those again. You know, and it's that attitude because there's a, you know, it's not that necessarily there's a few bad apples or anything. That's the way it is with any shoots. But, you know, it it, unfortunately in Atlanta, it's hard sometimes to get paid from people. And, you know, having handshake deals and, 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 you know, verbal agreements with people just doesn't work in this business here. What know, are Atlanta. your payment policies? Uh, my, for music videos, yeah. I do one-third up front, one-third before we shoot, and then one-third after. Sometimes when I believe that the person may or may not possibly pay me, I get 100% by the time right. I show up to shoot. It just depends uh, about the budget, too. You know, if it's if it's, if it's it's over $5,000, i will do a third... Um, on the tail end, because at the end of the day, I've got their video, and they're not going to get it, right. you know, yeah. unwatermarked until I get paid. So I've leveraged there with other artists, you know, or other people that I'm working with, meaning management or labels. It just really depends on it. Really depends on the budget, you know. If it's a fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollar music video, I'm definitely going to get a hundred percent of it up front because it's not even really paying me for my time.
0: Yeah, no. What about you, Ryan?
2: you know each artist is different you know but we usually try to get them to give us something in the very beginning and then again you know we make that decision if we need everything by the shoot right or if we can wait till the editorial um and you know i was going to say the thing about hip-hop videos um i love hip-hop i've, I've worked on hip-hop videos since 1994 it's kind of how i got into music videos in atlanta you know coming out of college and just um <clears throat> working on but the, the problem that i see with the hip-hop videos and i don't mean to take this back is that a lot of times they want to do the same thing. And if you watch most music videos right now on hip hop music videos, you'll see that almost all of them have been scaled back to where they're in one studio, and they're bringing everything to that studio. And it's usually they want a nice car, they want some girls, and they want a whole lot of cash. And all that stuff costs a lot of money. So at the end of the day, you're not making anything off these videos. And then if you're not able to be creative with it, Unless you're really trying to reinvent the whole look of the studio. And again, that all comes down to money again. If you want to do something, you know, if you want to pretend to be some hotshot director and, you know, come up with a look and style, it's going to be very expensive. So that's the reason, like, we've kind, of, we've kind of gotten this thing after, you know, trying to do hip-hop videos for such a long time that we got kind of bored with it just always being about, hey, can we lock down Peachtree? You know, it's like, <laughs> but y'all don't have a real budget. Yeah, but can we lock it down? And so it's. That'd be like getting on top of Spaghetti Junction and trying to shoot. Yeah. And so it just gets old. And the problem is, is because we're both, we both haven't gotten our MTV Video Award. We're still, you know, we're still young. We're coming. We're 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 coming for you guys. Exactly. We're still, you know, working our way up there trying to to make it happen. So people aren't hiring us for our style. They're hiring us because we're just another video director that happens to be in Atlanta. And we can get it done. And that's all they really, they're really looking for. So so that's the thing with us lately is that we've really tried to create in the past probably three or four years. Like I used to, for, I sat for 10 years and went to a music video unless it was t- over 10 grand. And I barely did any music videos in that 10 years. And uh, I just got really bored with, you know, a lot of the Atlanta work, corporate and broadcast, and was just like, you know, what we're going to make music videos that we really like and, and that are creative. So we finally got to the point where um, – We made a bunch of cool music videos that had style, and then I could take it to like Sleepy Brown from Outkast and be like, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Do you like? Do you want this kind of style? Can we do something different?" You know, and once you can prove it in a marketplace or show it to somebody else, or they start to start to see what you're you're envisioning, it makes it so much easier. But just to go out and, and before, like if I would say that to Sleepy, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't let me do something different. He wouldn't let me have cops chasing him in a club and all this other story stuff. It would again, it would be all like. You know, his first video we did was just in his bedroom, him with a girl, and that was it. You know, and so there, there's not anything really creative you can add to that except for you know, like how can I light like this or right? Can well, I not do a cool edit about that? <laughs> yeah, but then you know, once they start <laughs> got to a girl, <laughs> once they start to see that you know that you do have some sort of style or they can see it, then it's a lot easier to, to sell them into it. So that's like you know, at some point you have to reinvent you know what you're doing, and that's kind of where we came from was that you know. We had to do something different to get these people to want to actually, you know, let us do what we do and not make us just, you know, like a house painter. Right. (laughs) You know, like, hey, come over and paint my house. Can you fix my my dishwasher? Thank you. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. So if somebody wants to do a a music video with Tim Dows, what do they do? Um...
1: Email or call me. I mean, timdallas.com. You can check out my website for my music video directing. You can check it out and email me. My email is on there. My phone number is on there. You can text me. Texting I, is best.
0: Spell your name so they can get it.
1: D-A-U-S-T.
2: It's German.
0: <laughs> and what about you, Rahim? How can people get in touch with you?
2: You can go to musicvideorahim.com, and Rahim is R-A-H-I-M. Cool, so man. the easiest way.
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming. Thank you. I'm Jason Soroten. You can see me at ecgprod.com. Follow our blog at ecgprod.com forward slash blog. And keep tuned for more Naked Unicorn podcasts.
1: Thanks, Jazz. Hey, Town Down, what's up?
0: <laughs> Ow, I'm so naked. <laughs> <laughs>
2: ECG Productions. Concept to completion in style.